And uh, just joining us, uh, our, our special guest tonight, uh, Jake Heaps. Jake, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me give you a little bit more of an introduction for, for folks uh, that, that uh, and I'm, I'm probably going to butcher some of this, but <laughs> my memory of Jake Heaps is this, like, um, uh, first burst on the stage for me uh, at Skyline High uh, and throwing a lot of touchdowns to Casey Williams. <laughs> and uh, then as a Husky fan, broke my heart by not choosing not to go to UW. Yep. Uh, and uh, roundabout few ways, you ended up on the Seahawks, um, you know, uh, trying out for them and eventually made, playing a, a part of the practice squad and got a really, you know, inside view of what was going on with, you know, Daryl Bevel and Russell Wilson in that quarterback room. And uh, now you're running Russell Wilson's quarterback academy as well. Um, so any key things I missed uh, along the way that people should know about Jake Heaps? Yeah, no, it was a, it was a great journey. Um, you know, it was a wild ride for me um, over the course of my career, but over the course of time, been able to experience so many different systems, be around great coaches um, on, uh, on every level in terms of the quarterback position. So it felt like it's been a big blessing uh, for me, uh, especially at this point in, in stage and time in my, in my career. Um, and, uh, you know, it's fun, uh, getting a chance to be, you know, play for the team I've always dreamed for in, in the Seahawks and, you know, be with them over a, a few off seasons and getting a chance to develop a really close relationship with, uh, with Russell and, and, you know, quite a few guys on the team actually. And, um, and, you know, it's, it's been fun. So now running, a the Russell Wilson quarterback Academy, uh, and that's actually was a business that I was running on my own, my own quarterback business. And Russell, you know, kind of found out what I was doing, um, what I was engaging with in the high school kids and college level kids and wanted to get involved. And, you know, we ended up partnering and creating this this academy. So it's it's very fun being partners with him in business and, you know, being able to be teammates with him. So, yeah, it's been fun. That's it's fascinating. I, mean, I think a lot of people, most people know Russell Wilson for his on field um, accomplishments and. Uh, probably know him for, you know, uh, his wife and, and her fame and, and, and that kind of stuff as well. But he's also, um, you know, a, a pretty shrewd businessman. Um, like what, if you wouldn't mind, share a little bit about what, you, you know, what was surprising to you, what you expected and, and maybe what was a little different than than. than um, you know, I think a lot of guys, they, they typically like to uh, pick a couple things that they do in terms of their, you know, investments and things like that. And Russell is very much hands on in, in his business approach and and uh, wants to be involved in a lot of different things. And so, um, you know, he's a guy that likes to be on the go 24 seven. So, um, you know, he in the off season, he wants to be go, go, go. Uh, in season, it's the same way. It's just kind of how he's wired, and, and I think that's what helps makes him a successful person. Yeah. So I'm going to open it up for for Evan and Jeff to get some questions here in a second, but I'm going to hog the mic a little bit longer. So um, two questions I've got for you here before I, I give it up for a second is is one. I mean, all of us uh, who are huge fans of of sports, um, you know, watch players come up through high school and into the college and, and the NFL, you know, you had a pretty amazing journey. Um, what was, what was it like getting to actually um, take the field um, wearing a Seahawks uniform? Um, you know, 
what of that experience was different than maybe you expected it to be? Yeah, it was incredible. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing for me was it, I, I dreamed of being a, a Seattle Seahawk for my entire life. And so I think that was extra special, special for me. Um, you know, I was a rookie in, with the New York Jets, and that was an incredible feeling. Um, being a part of the NFL and, and getting a chance to have that experience and, um, you know, having a sense of, you know, you, you have accomplished the dreams and goals you have set out for yourself. And, and especially at that point in my career, kind of against all odds at that point. Um, and then to be able to be a Seattle Seahawk was uh, it, it, un, truly indescribable. And it was just a blast. And, and the fan base was great um, w- when I had my time there. And they're still great to me, you know, this day. Um, so I, I think that was a lot of fun uh, for me and to be able to step out on that field was truly incredible. A lot of emotions. I'm, I'm guessing you had quite a few uh, requests for tickets and uh, <laughs> a, lot of lo- a lot of locals around. Uh, that, a lot of people to, to manage and unfortunately say no to, but um, <laughs> I'm grateful for the support. So um, one, of the, one of the things I'm really curious about, and you started sharing some uh, breakdowns that you've been starting to do um, on what you're seeing from the Seahawks run game how you're seeing things change. Um, and that was the thing that, that uh, immediately you know, made me want to bring you on the show to hear. You got a unique perspective having sat there, you know, seeing how the Tom Cable offensive line was blocking, how Daryl Bevel offensive scheme was set. You were in those rooms. And now seeing you know, with the new, uh, with Mike Solari at you know, O-line coach and with Brian Schottenheimer at, at OC, I'm curious from your trained eye, what are some of the key differences you're seeing and how that offense is playing out? Yeah, it's, it's been fascinating to see kind of the new approach um, with everything. And I think people need to realize that, look, although things finished on a sour note and, and it was not the way people wanted it to continue over the last couple of years, Tom Cable and Daryl Bevel were able to produce a, a heck of a run on offense. And we're right there at the top um, in rushing and in total offense. And so, uh, you know, the way that they did things, um, I, I, there's not a, there's not anything wrong with the scheme that they were running. Um, I think just over time, you know, I, I think uh, it comes down to players. Um, it comes down to talent. It comes down to execution. Uh, and so it, it, those two things just didn't match up. And I think what you've seen with uh, Coach Solari and Coach Schottenheimer, they brought in a new system uh, that's very much uh, downhill. It's more multiple. Um, you know, with the Seahawks philosophy in the past, it had been, look, these are the certain run plays that we're going to have. We're going to have, you know, X amount of run plays. And it doesn't matter if the defense knows what we're calling, we're just going to execute it better than them. And I think this staff is a little bit more under the, under the guise of, um, we're going to be multiple. We're going to run different run schemes. Uh, we're going to add different flares to the runs run, uh, to, to present a different look to the defense. Um, and you know, one of the big things just in terms of scheme, uh, the old system was purely zone scheme and they were heavy zone scheme, meaning that there was a heavy flow, um, going to the zone scheme. So if there, if you can picture this, you have uh, four down linemen and you have two linebackers in the box. So a four, two box, um, and you typically have your, your mic and your will in the box. And, you know, let's say you have a, a nickel Sam covering a receiver, uh, the center will will be attacking the Mike linebacker and everything will be flowing and they'll leave the defensive end unblocked. And essentially it's almost like a zone read in a sense, even when under center. 
Um, and that's when you saw, you know, Russell uh, fake it and tuck and run it. He, the the uh, defensive end was his responsibility. Now in this, it's much more about leverage. Um, it's much more downhill. Um, and so now in a 4-2 box, they're not necessarily attacking the mic anymore. Now they're working back to the will linebacker. Um, and so there's two different approaches. And I think with that approach, um, I think actually fits this this group a little bit better. Um, and they're responding well to it up to this point in the preseason. But we'll, we'll see how uh, how it happens when it comes real real time in the, in the uh, regular season this Sunday. Evan, you uh... – yeah, I got a few questions for you, Jake. So a little bit, a little bit about me. Uh, I know you're a Skyline guy. I went to Redmond High School, so you kicked our ass plenty of times. Uh, <laughs> bad memories there. Um, it will be painful to get over. But uh, you've had your, I'm sure you've had your eyes on Alex Magoo throughout preseason. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about him on yeah. selected in the seventh round. Um, I know they just obviously brought in Brett Hunley recently. Um, but you're a quarterback. You've been, you've obviously done this on a professional level. You notice things that we as an average fan do not notice. Um, do you think Alex, so I, I, I don't know for the fans that didn't notice this and Magoo was just stashed on practice squad, I think yesterday or two days ago. Yeah. What, you know, watching Magoo in preseason, what do you think are his strengths um, his drawbacks. What do you think his future is like on the team? Do you think he's a viable starter or a backup down the road? Maybe even a potential starter. What's your read on him? Yeah, well, you just opened it up for a big long conversation there. Um, <laughs> you know, I think I think Alex is a is a unique talent, um, and he really fits the mold. If you've gone back over the last, uh, honestly, over Coach Carroll's tenure, the kind of guys that he brings in, and I guess you know, two two three guys that really don't fit that mold is. Myself, R.J. Archer, and Austin Davis, but you you see guys that he brings in that are athletic, that can run, and that they're hoping that they can develop into a passer, into a NFL quarterback that can manage a system. Um, and so with Alex, I think that he's done a really good job up to this point in terms of um, taking the checkdowns. You know, he hasn't been too greedy. Um, he's he's taken the checkdowns when they were given. Um, and he's made some splash plays. And I think over the course of time, if you've heard interviews from him, that's kind of what he wants to do. That's kind of what his game is um, since his time in college. But when it comes to the NFL, it's a completely different ball game. Um, you want to be able to capitalize on the splash plays when they, when they uh, present themselves, but you have to be able to march down the field and run an offense and run within the system and the scheme. And I think what Russell does so well is Russell is one of the elite pocket passers. And yes, I said pocket passer. He's one of the elite pocket passers in this league. And what makes him special is his ability to create outside of that. And so what he brings is such a unique trait. He's not a dual threat quarterback. He, he is, um, or he's a dual threat quarterback, but he's not a guy that's looking to run and create. He's looking to, you know, play within the system and then evolve off of that. And, and I think that's where some of these guys in the past have really struggled. And I think Austin – or, sorry, Alex up to this point, Alex up to this point has done a great job making splash plays, taking checkdowns, which is, which is great to see from a young guy, but hasn't shown that he could run the system at a, at a highly efficient level in order to, as let's say, win their favor of taking that backup role. And that's why you see them going out and getting a Brett Hunt. But I think overall, I think he them putting them on practice squad. I like the move, and I think he can develop over time. 
That's great. That's great info. Um, so one other note, you mentioned a little bit about how this offense is going to evolve schematically and philosophically. Is there one offensive player, maybe it's an offensive lineman, that you would expect or hope will take the biggest step in 2018? Gosh, I, I think there's a lot. I think, you know, what we want to see, obviously, I think DJ Fluker and, uh, you know, have him be healthy. I think what he adds to the run game, uh, again, going back to a scheme fit, I think when they when you first first initially signed DJ Fluker, it's exciting to have a big body like that. But yeah. you get a first round pick who's been with two different teams in a short amount of time. That's not very promising, right? Um, but I think in the preseason, he's really shown that uh, he's a physical downhill guy in the run game. Um, and I think uh, Coach Solari's done a really good job with him in the pass game as well. Um, you know, I think one guy that I probably would like to see um, really develop. You know, I think everybody's said this multiple times, but Jermaine Effetti, you want to see growth out of him. But the real guy that I think will be awesome to see is uh, Ethan Pochick. Mm-hmm. I think uh, if, if, he can, if he can really grow and develop, you've got a very, very exciting left side that could develop into a Walter Jones, Steve Hutchinson, um, you know, type of situation. Robbie Tobeck, you know, those guys would be awesome to kind of see a left side like that again. Jeez, you're getting me giddy. I can't. I can't handle talk like that, Jake. You hyped like that. You see that kind of upside? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. I think Ethan. You know, uh, it was a guy that initially came in. He's played all different positions, but he came in as a center. And so I think last year, you know, he played guard. I think he did well. I think it was a guy that needed more strength going in, um, and he really worked on that this offseason. Got bigger. And overall, what I've seen from him, I've I've liked, and and I think he has definite upside. Evan, did you have do you have more? Or you want to hand it over to Jeff? Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, hey, hey, Jake. Thanks for coming on. Um, yeah, I'd say the people who don't follow the Seahawks closely. Like the perception of this team is that the receiver group is Doug and no one else. Jimmy Graham's gone. Paul Richardson's gone. Tyler Lockett's coming off a couple injury seasons. From my perspective. The wide receiver group has looked surprisingly good in the preseason. What's your impression from as a quarterback of like the pass catching group and how they'll fit in this new offense? Yeah, I, I actually uh, I actually agree with you on that. I think that this is a group that actually has proven in the preseason that this can actually be a, a special group. Um, you know, I think going into this, there were a lot of question marks, and to me, the biggest question mark was Brandon Marshall. Um, you know, Brandon Marshall is a guy that when was initially signed, I was really excited for um, one, cause I've gotten to have an inside look with him as being teammates with him in, at, at New York jets um, and see what he can do. Um, but from an overall standpoint, when you look at the numbers, this guy has, is a production monster. He's a production monster. He's a guy that is somebody that they've wanted for a long time, a big bodied guy that can make the difficult catches um, that can go up and get the football um, for Russell. And he fits all of those things. And he's a savvy football player. He knows the game really well. Um, it's just about – it's not a question about production. It's a question about whether he can stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, I think this passing attack can be very dynamic because the thing is, is Doug needs help. He needs help because as of right now, if you have a Brandon Marshall who gets hurt, Doug Baldwin's getting double teamed. He's getting a lot of attention. And then from there, you got Tyler Lockett, which is a great piece, and I think he does a lot of great things. But again, um, you got to have guys that can, you know, make make you respect them. And I don't think uh, 
Tyler is a guy that necessarily scares defenses when they game plan. He's got a lot to prove up to this point still. I mean, he's been a very productive player and he's explosive. Um, but in terms of being a clear number two receiver, um, he hasn't been that guy up to this point yet for the Seahawks um, in the passing game. And then you got guys like Jaron Brown, who really are eye popping um, in the preseason, made some big plays, a big body guy again, um, who had 900 yards receiving for Arizona last year. Um, uh, David Moore made some great plays. Um, he'll be another great special teams addition. Um, so, you know, overall, looking at this receiver core, I think they've got a chance to be a really good all around group for, for Russell. And you got a nice you got nice couple key pieces, um, you know, that that do a lot of different things. Yeah, David Moore really jumped off the film for me in the preseason. I don't, I don't know if they'll carry over, but he's a guy I'm going to be watching for sure. Yeah, he did. He did a great job. And I think the thing that was exciting to see was he did a great job with with the contested footballs. Um, and so, you know, again, another guy that um, has shown playmaking ability. Um, and again, over the course of the season, uh, we'll see how that develops. But, you know, I think I think what you have here is is some guys that can do some really nice things, bring uh, different unique elements. And I don't think that there's necessarily a guy that I look on this roster in terms of the receiver position and go, I don't know how he made the team. You know, I feel really good about all these guys. I'm curious, building on what Jeff was saying, um, and you bring up Brandon Marshall. I was going to ask you about him, so I'm glad you uh, you had that. But uh, what do you think it means for someone like Russell Wilson to have a six foot five uh, Brandon Marshall and a six foot three Jaron Brown? He hasn't really had that kind of size since maybe Sidney Rice. Yeah. Um, what do you think that can can do for him as a quarterback? Um, you know, I think it's I, I think overall it just gives you trust. Um, you know, those guys, just because they're big guys doesn't necessarily mean that they're guys that you can throw the ball up to. I think with guys like Brandon Marshall, with, you know, Jaron Brown, um, they're guys that if you throw a 50 50 ball, they're either going to catch it or it's going to be incomplete. And I think that's so crucial um, because uh, you have to have trust. And you have to be willing to take chances at times at quarterbacks. And if you have guys that you know are going to help you out and protect you, um, then you're going to be willing to take more chances like that um, and see more explosive plays. So that's kind of what I see moving forward. And again, I'm just crossing my fingers that, you know, this can be a very healthy year for Brandon Marshall, because if it does, um, I, I expect big production out of him. One thing I like to ask guys who played in the Seahawks, it's uh, what was it like to play for Coach Carroll? He's got he's got a such a fun personality, and some people perceive him as kind of a player's coach that can't maybe like discipline players. Yeah. What was your experience like with him? To me, you're in the National Football League, right? So if you're there, you know, to get a check and, and to provide for your family, uh, there shouldn't be guys that you have to babysit. You know, that's just my personal opinion. Um, so if, if you're a guy that we have to babysit to get you to play football, then you're not part of this franchise. Um, and so I think they're very much of the same value, the same token. And again, I think, you know, with Pete's standpoint is he allows the, the players to be who they are. Um, he doesn't try to get them to conform. You know, again, like I said before, coaching styles are different. Coaching schemes are different. They're not right or wrong. It's just who can execute and, and see out the vision. And I think you got an example like Bill Belichick, who – you know, I know for a fact that if guys post on social media about themselves in practice, he holds team meetings and will literally, you know, call these guys out um, for just posting about themselves, you know, a picture of them catching a ball, you know, stuff like that. Um, it, whereas Pete is very much the opposite, you know, uh, and, and that's the part that I think is very refreshing about Coach Carroll 
that you feel like you can go in and you can play mistake. You just feel like you're not worried about the mistakes. You're just going out there trying to give your very best effort to your teammates, uh, to the franchise, and we'll see where it ends up taking you. Uh, we'll watch the tape, we'll review it, we'll coach you, we'll teach you, and we'll give it another shot. And so my favorite thing about that franchise was it was very much about teaching, not about critiquing, if that makes sense. Um, so they were going to teach you exactly what you were doing right or wrong. Um, and they were focused on trying to help you become at your best. They weren't necessarily trying to degrade you um, and make you feel dumb like you see sometimes on hard knocks and, you know, all these other places, uh, which just allowed you to play more free. Uh, and the big thing that they always preach is I don't care about what happened the last play, the last day. It, it what what matters is right now matters is the next play. And so I think as a player, it gives you confidence to go out there and just play 100 percent, give it your all and, and not worry about the consequences, so to speak. Do you have, a, you have time for a couple more questions, Jake? Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, dude. Um, so uh, you started to give us some of the differences between what you're seeing uh, with this offense and especially with the, the run blocking scheme. That, that was one specific thing. Um, you know, knowing that there's a lot of fans, hardcore fans that are tuning in here and really like trying to learn the game a little bit and understand like a nuanced difference. Um, what are maybe some things, you know, maybe one or two things that, that fans can watch for that might be different than what they saw before? Yeah, um, I think just overall, I think the one of the big things is that in the run scheme, you never saw a pulling guard in the last scheme. And this in this scheme, in the run game, you'll see pulling guards um, on one play, actually, that Chris Carson uh, touchdown run that got called back versus LA Chargers. If you if you go watch that play in particular, um, you had Dwayne Brown pulling on, on at the left tackle position, and you had Justin Britt pulling from the center position, um, which is very unique and very cool to be able to utilize the talent that you have like that. Because Justin Britt is one of the most athletic uh, centers in all of, all of football. I mean, he really is, and so to see them use a guy like that to be able to, you know, uh, pull and do some things like that. Some unique things that are different from what we've seen in the past, I think is very cool. I think the other thing that you're going to see is it might not be different, but it'll be refreshing to see. Uh, these guys are going to be committed to the run game, which inherently brings the play action pass game. So that's a big reason why they brought coach Sondheimer in. So one thing that he, you know, the, the, I guess the highlight of his coaching resume is his time from 2008 to 2010 with the New York Jets, uh, what they were able to accomplish in the run game and how they were able to complement that in the play action pass game. Uh, and so Russell is obviously the best quarterback coach Schottenheimer's had up to this point. And uh, I, I think it's going to be very fun to see what this group can do. There's, it's still somewhat of the same scheme uh, in terms of plays and, and things like that, but it's coach Schottenheimer's wrinkle to it. Um, and, uh, I, I think that's the evolution that you're going to see is, you know, commit, commit to the run game and then answer with some, you know, play action pass deep down the field and also within, you know, the intermediate side. So that's great. And, and one of the things that, that people said, and I don't know how right or wrong this was, is that the Seahawks pass offense was pretty vanilla at times, you know, under Bevel, they simplified things down and. There weren't, you know, the the rage uh, so so far lately has been around run pass option being more of a, a part of the way offenses are playing and and option routes um, in the receiving game. Is that something that you see evidence of showing up here more than maybe it was before? No, I, I wouldn't say that necessarily. I wouldn't think um, 
from from what I've seen, I don't think there's a big difference from that standpoint. I think it's very much still schematics, and you know they're lining up uh, and running the plays that are executed. Um, I think on a couple occasions you're seeing a, a couple more option routes. I guess if you if um, if you want to call than that, um, but overall, I, I think that I think Coach Bevel's system over time. I think really what it comes down to is. You know, a lot of frustrations were, okay, we've got a great weapon in Jimmy Graham. And I think that's where a lot of frustration stemmed from was, okay, Jimmy Graham, uh, his first year had, um, he started to break out and then got hurt. Um, The next year he had 900 some yards receiving, but very little touchdowns. The next year he had 10 touchdowns, but, you know, wasn't involved as much in the past game. So he just never could really get that figured out and and dialed in on a week-to-week basis. Um, and so I think really what you're going to see with Coach Schottenheimer is hopefully that you, we're going to be able to take advantage of the mismatches that we have, um, use Doug in, in a lot of different ways, uh, and be able to use the talents that we have in Brandon Marshall, um, Jaron Brown, Tyler Lockett, and also the, the additions of, uh, you know, CJ Procise, for example. There's a big reason why he's still on the roster for all the different dynamic things that you can do and expect the tight ends to, to have a really good season. I think, you know, Nick Vinette's uh, poised for a really good season. I think what Will Disley offers to this group is going to be very exciting. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about, you know, this group in, in general, but they're going to be tested very quickly. We're going to find out yeah, they are. Uh, this week and week one with the Denver Broncos. This is a very good defense. Um, they're gonna they're gonna be a good football team. They they are they're missing some guys and they're trying to figure some things out. But overall, uh, this is gonna be a group that's gonna attack this the Seahawks offense, and we're gonna find out what they're made of. So uh, what's uh, what's next for for Jake Heaps? What 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 uh, you've gone through uh, quite an evolution in your career. Yeah. Um, what are you hoping to see happen next? Yeah. So you know, right now, I, I think the big thing is we're we're very excited about RWQB, the Russell Wilson Quarterback Academy. Um, and that's, you know, really where, uh, I've spent the majority of my time over the last, you know, year and a half, um, working with some of the top high school quarterbacks in, in the Northwest, um, and, uh, working with some of the top college guys. Um, we're going to get into the NFL We're we're really looking to make this thing big, um, which I'm excited about helping the next generation. And then, uh, you know, uh, getting into, you know, some more of this stuff, breaking things down. I think this is something that, um, as I've, heard from fans um, is, you know, and you mentioned something on it is education, right? Um, there's a lot of people giving their opinions and so to speak, and there's a lot of insiders and um, all that stuff. And I think, you know, people just want to learn the game and want to learn what's going on. And so I think that's something that I'm really excited to hopefully bring to the table uh, for the Seahawk fan base. And, uh, you know, so that's what I'm going to be doing this, this season. And, um, you know, going to be posting on social media and all those things. So it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. Awesome. So, so where two two things, where, where should fans or where should fans go to find your breakdowns? Is that just going to be on, on your Twitter handle or? Yeah. So I'll, it'll be on my Twitter handle and, you know, if anything changes, I'll, I'll let people know, but on my Twitter handle and, and my Instagram, which, which are the same, uh, JT heaps nine. And, uh, you know, I think the big thing that I would love from everybody is, you know, send, send me questions, uh, you know, uh, tweet at me um, and uh, ask me for questions. And, and uh, I would love to kind of help out the Seahawks fan base in terms of, you know, education and uh, try and point out the real things that are going on. 
Awesome. And and for uh, any parents out there that are uh, wanting to get their kid enrolled in the, the quarterback academy, where, sh- where should they go to, to look at that? Go to our website, rwqbacademy.com. Uh, we run private training. We have a big five-month off-season program that I, I'm really uh, happy with what we're doing and, and the change that we're making in not only players on the field in their game, but also off the field and seeing their confidence grow, seeing their leadership grow. Um, it's It's been a lot of fun. We've worked with some of the best of the best in the c- entire country, and we've also worked with those kids that are you know, trying like crazy to start for their varsity team, their JV team, their freshman team, and hearing those stories of, you know, how they've been able to, you know, beat out the guy that was in front of them and things like that. You know, we celebrate, you know, everybody on every level. Well, Jake, it has been awesome having you uh, come aboard and uh, answer these questions for us. I know everyone uh, in the the chat feed is loving it and really appreciates uh, the insights you're providing. And, And it's, uh, wish you the best of luck. It's great to know that you're reinvesting back in the community and, and growing the next uh, crop of great quarterbacks. So we will check you out on social media for all your breakdowns and uh, hopefully we'll have you on again later in the season. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, guys. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Jake. Have a good night. All right. See you.